Give yourself the space to make some mistakes and to learn and not know everything. And then the market will let you know what you're good at. Welcome. You are listening to the Agriculture Economics Podcast. My name is Valerie Kilders. I'm an assistant professor at the Department of Agriculture Economics. And I am very excited to start this new semester and start recording some podcasts with our new co-hosts. And this week, I am actually joined by Shelby Whitaker. Hi, Shelby. Hi, how are you guys this week? Good. Slowly turning into fall. It's definitely becoming more noticeable. We got two football games behind us. We've done all right. <laughs> I feel like that happens every football season. You always hope for the best, and then it's a little rough at the start. So hopefully this week they can pull through. Oh, fingers crossed. I agree. I agree. Hey, we're, we still have homecoming and all those ahead of us. So I hope we're going to win there. It definitely is also noticeable. All the students are back on campus. Streets have gotten fuller after the summer where it's been a little bit desolate. But with students coming back, we are also starting to think about what our students can all do at this campus. And in that regard, we actually invited someone really special who can talk a little bit more about student research in our Department of Agriculture Economics. Shelby, do you want to introduce our guest for today? So today we have Dr. Todd Keithy, a professor here at Purdue and Schrader Chair in Farmland Economics. He is the consultant at the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago and the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City. He's also the editor of the Agricultural Finance Review and co-editor of the Purdue Agricultural Economics Report. Thank you for having me. Will you please tell us a little bit about your research? Sure. I study what I describe as sort of the balance sheet of the ag sector. So I look at land prices and credit markets and farmers borrowing behavior. Those are kind of the sort of twins part of my research, but I do ag finance a little bit more broadly as well. So I do stuff on forecast evaluation, looking at forecasts put out a lot by the USDA, some other groups, looking at how those forecasts perform and how people in the ag sector can use that information or adjust their expectations. That's awesome. So with this research, what are some of the potential implications for the ag sector? I hope that it leads to at least a more informed uh, set of decision makers in the ag sector, so whether that's farmers, farmland owners, program administrators, policy makers, to have good information to make good decisions and leading to sort of a, a more robust and flexible ag economy. But those are all sort of big goals, sort of most pragmatically just want to try to identify important questions and look for information needs and try to help fill those gaps. So kind of when you're talking about this, can you maybe for our listeners who are ag students, but who are also people who might have graduated from Purdue or just generally are interested in ag, explain maybe what the trends are that you're seeing or some of the big challenges in that realm coming up on us or that are currently going on that you are concerned about or that you think are something to watch out for? Yeah, so right now I kind of describe the ag economy as kind of the ideal amount of risk, right? So there is a lot of uncertainty. You know, we look at things like trade. We're about to have our farm bill expired. I spent the morning talking to folks involved in farm policy, sort of what that farm bill process looks like. 
But then obviously sort of broader financial risks, right? So a lot of people are concerned with the recovery from COVID still, and then the sort of pace of growth and whether or not that is showing signs of slowing or signaling sign of a recession. And the reason that I say it's sort of the right amount of risk is when I was previously at the University of Illinois, I taught farm management. And when I took over that class, commodity prices were booming, interest rates were at historic lows. And basically, I described it as like anyone could make money farming. So when I taught farm management, nobody paid attention, right? And then when we had a little bit more risk start to trickle in, then students are like, oh, maybe I should pay attention here. Maybe thinking about risk management or thinking about marketing strategies might actually be something important to learn. You can't just throw anything out there and make money, right? We have a period where it's a little bit risky, but it's just the amount of risk that people kind of respect it and pay attention and make good decisions. You do a lot here at Purdue with research and development and things like that. How would a student want to get involved or how would they be able to get involved with research similar to this? Yeah, so one of my major sort of activities here in the department is I run our undergraduate student research program or honors research program where students who are interested in doing some research or have some aptitude academically sort of traditionally get invited in. But increasingly, if I have students that tell me they're interested, I'm like, well, just tell your advisor I said you can come. Like, I'll take anybody that has the interest. And we take an intra-level class in the spring. It's a one-credit hour, 300-level class. And so we meet once a week. And for the bulk of that, about 10 of the 16 weeks, professors come in and talk about their research program that they're doing things they're working on and, and opportunities for students and you know where they would like to have students involved. And then after that, students can take up to six credit hours, so essentially two classes worth of time. But you can figure out how to divvy that. If you have to do three and three, you can do it one at a time or so, where you work with a professor on some sort of research project. And that can take a broad range. Sometimes those are very sort of extension and outreach focused, right? So they're not sort of highly technical, but they're grounded in some sort of real world problem. Or they're more like academic research that we economists communicate to each other, right? So you're writing something more like a journal article or presenting at academic conferences. Like you really kind of take the range and it's sort of a matter, I mean, ideally trying to find a a perfect fit where it's an interest the student has that also in line, line up with the faculty member and they kind of work together. So it's a really great, program. It's a good opportunity. We have, I don't know, it seems like about 20 students a year that enter it. So it's a relatively small fraction in terms of our broader number of students, but it has been growing. And given sort of the students' interest in research, I think it'll be, you know, to be a robust program going forward. So you mentioned a couple things where you were just going over it in terms of publications or it being more extension oriented. Can you maybe elaborate a little bit more of what a student might get out of taking this course? Like why as a student should I take this? Well, first thing is my first day of class, I talk about who shouldn't, right? Because it's not for everybody. And research can be a lot of different things. Traditionally, students don't get exposed to the research side of economics until they go to graduate school. You have to apply to schools, pick a school, you sometimes have to move. And then I've met a lot of students that sort of midway through their graduate experience are like, this is not for me, this isn't what I want to do. So I describe it as kind of a low cost way to sort of get some exposure to what it actually means to be a researcher and decide whether or not that fits for you. I think it's best for students that are naturally curious I often ask students when we meet, like, what are your hobbies, right? And I find that 
the best students, like, like a lot of my academic colleagues, other professors, have sort of weird and obsessive hobbies, right? And so a lot of things like endurance sports or interested in some like obscure thing that you just learn as much as you can about it, those people tend to do really well in research because it is, I mean, there's sort of a monastic element to it where you're kind of alone studying something. But then there's also this sort of social aspect to it as well in terms of communicating your research out in terms of presenting your work or writing your work with the expectation for other people to read it. I mean, that's the other thing that's a little bit different. I was annoyed with my own sort of undergraduate training that you spend forever writing a course paper and you turn it in, one person reads it, and then that's the end of it, right? And through research, you can kind of spread that out to a bigger community. At the end, you were talking about like, hey, a term paper is just going to be handed in, nothing comes of it. So have you had any students who might have created a publication or any kind yeah. of extension output? So there's a whole bunch of students and they work with a bunch of faculty here. And there's been a whole range of outputs. I know most about my own students that I work with. So for example, this last year took four undergraduate students to a conference in St. Louis and they gave a presentation to an academic audience. It was entirely graduate students and faculty. So I kind of got up before and said like, hey, be nice to these folks. They're learning, but it, it was a good time, right? So they kind of had some chance to present it. They also wrote a piece that went into our Purdue Agricultural Economics Report, which is our sort of flagship extension. So they wrote a summary about what they were finding in their research. And then a couple of them graduated, a couple of them stayed on and were actually the ones that are still here at school, we're kind of expanding it, and our goal is to submit it for a journal article publication sometime this fall or spring. You mentioned that you had some students and you were looking forward to the future. Is there anything specific, emerging technologies or research within these areas that you're looking especially forward to? Part of it is working with students has kind of pushed me to recognize where my own work is maybe a little bit behind. So for example, I also work a lot with graduate students and we do a lot of statistical analysis. And I always joke that I do coding like we did in 2010, like when I learned it, right? Where students now, if they coded the same thing in the same software, it would look drastically different, right? And so with the group of students, I last year worked with a group of four, this year there's two of them still looking at ways that we can share things, but not just email each other files, right? So we did stuff through GitHub, but now one of the students, well, I've done some stuff with Excel has a way to share stuff virtually. And so we're trying that out to see, well, maybe we can kind of work that way. So like sort of ways of collaborating online, even though we still meet face-to-face without having to just email files around. That's pretty exciting. So, so kind of in that vein, if I'm a student who is really interested in research, but I don't necessarily know what I want to research, right? I'm just curious. How do I find a topic? How do you go about that in your class? Yeah, that's one of the goals of the class, right, is to expose them to a broader set of activities that are going on here in the department. Part of it is taking classes, right? And so we have classes that are required and classes that are electives. And if you can, with the electives, try to pursue the things that kind of are interesting to you. But like I said before, being naturally curious, looking at what am I reading? What am I thinking about? I have a, another student I'm just starting to work with now that had some interest in land markets. And so I said, well, here's some things I've worked on in the past, take a look. And then he, he came back with some interests of his that were a little bit too narrow, probably to be actionable in the time frame. So I said, well, you know, 
we could work on that, but here are these newer things I'm starting up. And he's like, oh, that looks exciting. So we're working together in that respect. So I think just kind of spending some time thinking, which is not always a student's first impulse to just kind of stare at the wall. But I think that's really helpful. Awesome. You've been a mentor and obviously a good support for a lot of individuals within the Ag Econ departments. What is your advice for these students and aspiring professionals who want to make an impact? Find out what you're excited about and try to do stuff in that space, but give yourself the space to make some mistakes and to learn and not know everything. And then the market will let you know what you're good at, right? So for example, one of the students I worked with as an undergrad stayed on here for a master's degree, was having trouble finding a job. And so his natural impulse was to write some code to scrape data on job posting sites to figure out how many jobs there are that sort of fit his, and that's a crazy talent that other people don't have. And that actually, that's what he stayed on and worked with his master's degree. And now Dr. Brady Brewer has continued that with the Purdue jobs board where they sort of have automated this process and so it tells us about you know employment trends in the agriculture sector and that all just became from a practical problem he had and trying to think about how he would solve it for himself and then talking to me about it and then me pointing out like oh no this there are other people that would want this right so you know exploring what's interesting to you but then talk to other people about it and see what gets them excited like so the market will tell you well this is what you're good at this is what we need and will help sort of shift that. As like a final thought, be having been in this department for a few years now, what would you say is your favorite part about research and teaching? Maybe for those who want to go all the way through undergrad, grad school, and then maybe join academia, what gets you still excited in the morning when you come to this um, job? To me, it's the people. Like, you know, I, I grew up in the Ozarks, Southern Missouri, And so it's never lost on me that I get paid to like think about stuff and to hang out with interesting people and talk about interesting stuff. It's a pretty, from my lived experience, a pretty rare opportunity. And so I just think it's really great. Ag economists are generally just kind of my people, right? And I sort of figured that out kind of graduate school age, but even in undergrad, like all of my friends were econ majors in my department when I graduated had 15 graduates. And like eight or nine of those were like dudes that I knew from playing Frisbee or being in a fraternity together and stuff. So it was just kind of like, oh, I guess I just hang out with economists. And that's why I like working with students. That's why I like, you know, going to conferences and traveling. It's really just to interact with interesting people. So it's as much as we talk about, you know, so you asked at the start, sort of like, you know, what are the big implications? Uh, on a purely selfish level, the reason I do it is because I get to hang out with cool people and learn stuff and think so it's fun awesome thank you so much this was great we really appreciate having you and providing those insights about student research your own research and hopefully we'll see even more students sign up and if you're interested at all get a hold of me i mean i'm here almost every day so just come by or send me an email and I'd love to talk to you about research interests. Awesome. Thank you for coming in with us today. It was really insightful to hear all about your research, and we appreciate it. Thank you.